Hi, guys, and welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. We are your hosts. I'm Alicia. And I'm Brian. And today, we are just so happy to have you guys joining us. Um, if you are loving our podcast, I want to encourage you to share, subscribe, and make sure to drop a review because it really does help people to find our podcast. And um, we really would like to get the word out to more uh, couples. So, but today we wanted to talk to you about something we know a whole lot about. So, what do you do when everything around you seems to be falling apart? And how do you still believe? How do you still hang on during those times? I know this was a real struggle for me because in our marriage, um, for so long and for so many years, I was praying for restoration. I was believing for things to turn around, but instead the opposite would happen over and over and over. And it was like, it, well, it felt like the more I would pray, the more I would fast, the more I would persevere, the deeper into darkness, um, Brian would seem to plunge. And so everything that I was seeing with my natural eye was telling me, this is not working. <laughs> um, he's only getting worse. He's doing worse. I should just give up. There's no use. God isn't going to do anything. I don't even think he's listening to me. You know, these are the thoughts that were running through my head. And so if I had based all of my prayers off of what I saw in the physical, I would have given up. But I'm so glad I didn't because what I didn't know is that God was indeed working behind the scenes on Brian. And I just didn't see it. Yes, for sure. Um, I don't even know where to start. There's a lot of different areas there to cover. I know you was talking about, you know, you're praying so hard, and I remember you were. I remember the few times I did come over, you had the poster board made up with all the pictures of us on it, from wedding pictures to just pictures when we were dating, yeah. you know, with the kids. and. Little did you know, my way of dealing with the hurt of seeing, especially the kids, but seeing you hurting and seeing the kids hurting, my way of dealing with it was just not to come around. Yeah. And that translated to you is, I didn't care anymore. Well, I yeah, I think more than anything, it, it was translating to the kids that, you know, I was kind of like in myself, I had, you know, realized, well, he doesn't. But yeah, it was kind of like with them, they were, they were starting to realize that. Yes. I, I felt every time I came over, I was just tearing a, a, a scab off of a wound. Yeah. I would see the kids cry, you know, tear up when I would leave and, and you as well. Sometimes, sometimes you was ready for me to leave if I came over seeing the kids, but especially the kids. So I just, the enemy just lied to me and was saying, you know, well, the less you go over, the easier it's going to be for them because they're not going to have to see you leave and then cry and be hurt. And then I took on that own philosophy myself 
that the less I went over, the less I would hurt. So, you know, I just made it a point of trying to go a long time without, you know, coming around. But in your eyes, all your prayers was, you know, not working out yeah. the way you thought yeah, they would. Yeah, I was just praying and praying, and it was like the less and less he would come to see the kids. And I was just like, this is not working, God, this is not working. So what was going on? Like, you know, because I know that sometimes you would come over and you would be so mean and so just, just, you know, like growling and not really, but you were just, that's that's how it felt like. So what was, what was going on inside of you? Because what I saw was like the complete opposite of what I was praying for. And, but on your end, you were like really under a lot of, you know, like God was really, really almost haunting you. Um, so you had your whole inner turmoil going on and you would come over and just, you know, lash out. And so I didn't know that there was this whole other narrative going on behind the scenes. So talk about that. Well, it was just like being in a free fall. You know, some days I felt like I was just grasping to grab a hold, you know, to stop falling. And, you know, it, it just got to a point. I mean, you know, we came, we came through times, you know, in those years of marriage before and during this that, you know, we were blessed financially and, you know, we had nice cars and nice homes, really nice homes that I'd built. You know, we had a lot of material stuff, had motorcycles, had a Harley. Um, and then, you know, when you go through something like this, it's like, just like where God's just stripping everything and you get down to where you're just, it's just all about you and your family and trying to make it work. And at that point, I guess if anything, it, it taught me not to care about anything else. I mean, at that point, we didn't have anything else, and all the material stuff was gone, and I was at the point where I could have cared less if I had it or not. I mean, it was just, at that point, nothing else mattered. You know, there was days that I woke up that my family didn't even matter because I was just so far lost. And, you know, maybe that's God's way of stripping me, you know, and making me hit almost the bottom. And because really, literally, there was the only thing I had to focus on was you and the kids. And a lot of times, you know, even though it looked like to you, I wasn't focused on you. I was, you know, God was dealing with me with dreams and stuff of the kids and dreams of you and, you know, my future. And you know, it was just, it was like a, it was like I was waking up every day just to this spiritual battle. Yeah. And my job didn't matter at that point. What I drove didn't matter at that point. How much money I had in my wallet didn't matter at that point. It was just, it was exhausting me just every day. I mean, literally waking up, not knowing left from right or up from down. I mean, that's how I literally felt there at the end. Yeah, a lot of confusion. I remember um, during a time when we were separated, I had a vision and in the vision, I saw Brian, I saw you 
and we were getting remarried. And in this, your countenance was beautiful. You were kind. You were smiling from ear to ear. And so let me just tell you, but when I had this vision, things were bad. (laughs) Things were really, really bad in our marriage. There was divorces being written out. There was child support being put into place. I mean, the complete opposite of the vision that I saw. And, you know, the crazy thing is, even when I was filing for divorce, I was still praying for restoration. That's crazy. It sounds crazy because most people that are filing for divorce in their mind, you know, it's it's the, the finish, the finish line. But I was still praying for restoration at that time. So even though my own actions were opposite of my prayers, but I know this is going to be hard um, for some of you to digest. And this is something you have to hear God on your own also. But when I filed for divorce, God was actually in that too. And I know that's hard to hear sometimes because I don't think that's every case. But in this particular case with me and Brian, that was the case. And you see, I had never filed for separation. I had never, and certainly, you know, not a divorce. And the whole time we were struggling, you know, that was what Brian did. I was just, you know, he had filed for divorce a couple of times and I was just allowing all of these divorce decrees to be filed against me and never really took a stand. But the reason I'm saying I feel like the Lord was in this is because unknown to me, when I filed for divorce the first time ever, um, it shook Brian to the core. And, you know, Brian, even though you yourself had filed for divorce, when I did it, it was different. And so I just wanted to ask you, what, what happened at that moment? Because I know, like, it wasn't in my heart to file for divorce at all. But it was like the Lord, there was something in that where he had to, he wanted to, he had to shake you up. So why was it, why was it different when I did? I think I was like, how dare her? No. I, I think, no, I definitely wasn't like that. To be honest, I think God was had been dealing with me a little bit prior to that. And, you know, even though I'd filed a couple times and even there at the end, like looking forward into the future, I kept thinking the whole time, like, how's this going to work? Like, I knew people got divorced every day. And they moved on and started new families or they were blended families or they just made things work out. But I was like, just thinking, you know, how's this going to work? Like when I thought about it, I was, it didn't feel like there was any way it was going to work. And maybe that was God's way of dealing with me, you know, putting doubt in my mind. That, Is this really a thing to do when I had filed? But I think when you filed, I think God had already been working on me. 
and giving me dreams and stuff about, you know, the family and the children, the kids. So I think at that point I was somewhat holding on to hope, even though you was getting a, the wrong perspective yeah. from me um, at that, still at that point in time, because I was still trying to stay away because that was my way of dealing with not hurting the kids more when I would leave. And, you know, sometimes it seemed like it was weeks. I don't know if it was or not, but sometimes it seemed like it was weeks before I would come back and see them, you know, and visit. But, you know, that was my way of dealing with that, trying to cause less hurt for them, less hurt for me. But, you know, I think even at that point in time, I was hanging on to some type of hope with the way God was dealing with me. And then, of course, you filed. So I think that was like a huge eye-opener for me because I was like, thinking maybe somehow maybe we could work this out. And then when you filed, I thought she's done, you know? So if there's at this point, there is no hope. And it did. It messed me up bad. You know, I came over and was, I think crying. Yeah. That was probably the first time I'd seen some real emotion on your side for a little bit you know, besides, you know, anger or frustration. And I remember when you did have that response, I was confused because I was like, well, you filed for divorce already. (laughs) But I feel like, and I know it's, it's kind of crazy because I feel like this was God's way to shake you up. But I want to just throw this in there because we're not trying to tell anyone to go file for divorce to shake your spouse up because that thing that you don't really want may indeed happen. And so I just I wanted to throw that in there because um, in our situation, you know, Brian really needed a hard wake up. And I'll be honest. I didn't know that God was part of that until years later. I thought that was all me. (laughs) I thought it was all me. Um, But in our situation, I had the funding for the divorce put right in my lap and the support to walk it out. So I just want to say sometimes God will ask you to do something that looks crazy like filing for divorce while praying for restoration. But that's just what, like I said, that's what he had me do. And I didn't even realize, I didn't realize two years later that this was actually part of his plan. But I also, in the same token, I had to be prepared to walk through the divorce if Brian decided to fully turn from God. and. I knew this and I was prepared for either outcome. So I had been praying and praying for restoration and things really didn't start turning around until after, you know, I filed for divorce and it took a couple of months, but things finally started turning around. So I literally had to do the opposite of what I was praying for. 
And that's crazy. It sounds crazy. Like I said, though, I'm not advising anyone to file for divorce to try to save your marriage. You really have to know what God is asking you to do in a situation. And every situation is different. And even like I said, I didn't even know that he was leading me because he had, he had a bigger, bigger picture. He had a bigger plan. And so, you know, everybody that was cheering me on, like, yes, go file for divorce, leave him. God had this bigger picture and plan. And the filing for divorce was actually the opening, the stage setting for the restoration, which doesn't that sound crazy? That sounds crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it does when you look from the outside. But like you said, looking at it from our perspective, you know, like us, like I mentioned, I know God was dealing with me at that point. So I think he just, you know, in my mind, the, the reason why he would have asked you to go ahead and file for the divorce, which biblically, because of the infidelities, I mean, you had every right. But his but, heart is always like, even in those hard situations, like infidelity, his heart is for restoration. Right. Yeah. But I think he knows he was dealing with me enough, you know, with the dreams I was having at night, which just was really bothersome. I think he knew that would be a turning point mm-hmm. if you did. He'd already been like softening your heart, getting getting yeah. you ready right. for this. So I think he, you know, he he had softened my heart and had dealt with me. And, you know, like I said, I was even though I'd filed myself, I was thinking in the back of my mind, how's this going to work out? I mean, literally to the point of like, how's it work when we have the kids have birthdays and I go over? How's it work when the kids graduate? How's it work when our daughter gets married? You know, and I even thought about what if you, you've already remarried, you know, who gets to walk her down the aisle? Do I get to walk her down the aisle as her stepdad? So, you know, God was messing me up. Mm-hmm. scenario, softening my heart to like turn and like, you know, you need to rethink this thing through. Even though you've messed up so many times, you can start over and not mess up again. And he told me that before I came back that you got, this is your last chance. I mean, pretty much your last chance in life. God gives us all so many chances, but I think he knew for me, this needed to be my last chance. And he got me to that position right before you decided to file. And then I think when you filed, that really lit a fire under me as far as like to get your family this back. Is work out, I'm gonna have to step in and change this. And I'm gonna have to prove to her and the kids that that I am a different person and they are worth fighting for. And our family's worth fighting for. And I did. There was a lot of things that happened overnight. I mean, you and me both know that. I mean, there was a lot that happened overnight on my part. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy because thinking of using something like divorce to bring restoration, it just, it doesn't even register <laughs> in, in minds. But I think well, it's, you know, it's like the, uh, it's, you know, divorce is the thing of the enemy. It's like the song, 
Yeah. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. Mm-hmm. You know, divorce is a thing that the enemy likes to use. It's a cheap way out, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it, there's times when it is legitimately okay, you know, because of certain situations, but, you know, that just comes down between the person and, you know, and the, the person and God, you know, but there's, there are definitely situations where divorce is, you know, Probably the only yes is necessary. And God but, can redeem. Like even if it's a situation where you you it, that marriage does need to end, he can redeem your life. Right. You know, he he can. It's not like um if you're divorced, you're tarnished. I'm saying like like you're saying in our situation, that was not our story. Yeah. And it's probably not good if you're like redeemed like seven times from divorce. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> you might there might need to be a little counseling going. <laughs> so, um, wow, I know, I know. Sometimes, sometimes that thing um, that you're praying and believing for may not look good, and it may even look opposite, but we want to encourage you to just stay in the fight. I mean, if you are in the middle, like in the middle, I just want to, I want you guys to picture this. You're in the middle of a battlefield. There's like a raging war going on around you, all around you. Would you lay down your sword or your weapon or whatever? Just lay it down right there and start to walk away. Uh, Of course not. (laughs) Just because you choose to walk away does not mean the enemy will walk away too. He's actually, I think he prefers it actually when we lay down our swords, when we lay down our weapons, because we're a lot easier target. Um, He's still going to come after you. So why not stay in the fight? And then when you win the battle, God gives you the spoils of war. And then you can show others how to win the same battle you just won. So not everything is what it seems. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you're in the middle of something and it's not looking like you're like, God, I keep praying for this. I keep praying for this to turn around. I'm not seeing it. Not everything is what it seems. Others are relying on you to not give up right now. And it's not just about you. It's about those following behind you. And I just wanted to leave you guys with this question. Sometimes life doesn't happen the way we think it should. And... Sometimes this can cause us to get angry or even lash out at God. But what if he's right in the midst with us? Do we let our faith become the product of our circumstances? Or is God still good even if our circumstances are not? So we just want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to get my book, you can find it on our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. 
please share this episode with all your family and friends. And until next time, we We bless bless you. you.